Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. And welcome to our 11th RCS Rocking Chair Sessions with Andrea Spiridonacos. Oh, very good. Spiridonacos. We have practiced this for like a week now or so, right? We did not want to slaughter your last name, um, which I actually wanted to welcome. We're so excited to be here. I'm stoked to be here. To ask the origin of your name is what I'm curious about. So that's my first little. So my father's from Greece and it's definitely a Greek name. You could tell by all the syllables and all the letters. (laughs) Um, and actually in, in, uh, Greek Orthodox, there's like a Saint Spiridon. So it's after that. And the AKOS at the end denotes where my dad is from in Greece, which is like the area called Mani. If you look at Greece, the bottom, it looks like three fingers, the middle finger and the bottom. (laughs) Didn't think about that until now. Um, south of Sparta, they say it's like the true Greek look. Yeah, Um, the origin or something. Yeah, it's Mani and that's Akos. So, Spiridonakos. Wow. <laughs> do you speak Greek? I do not speak that much Greek. My dad speaks like eight languages, but oh. he thought that he has like a really severe accent in English. And he thought that if he taught us Greek and we learned Greek, we would have an accent in English, but it doesn't work that way. Not so, really, not right? Really, it's like no. if you if you learn it as a kid or so, you have like basically no accent in two languages or three languages or whatever. whatever And it's like a super complicated language. So I'm like Mm -hmm. trying to be fluent in it now and learn. And I'm like, oh, yikes, Mm -hmm. lots of rules. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, um, I studied Latin in school, like in Catholic school. And then uh, half of the class was allowed to study um, Greek, so old Greek. But it was not the new Greek. It was the old, old Greek, like old Latin, you know. But and so I, I always got a little bit of like, you know, I had it in my ear or something like from that. But it's very difficult. And then the new Greek is very different from the old Greek, right? It is. That, yeah, you know? I think some people can read it, but mm-hmm. it, it's different. So. Yeah. Where were you born then? If your dad was from Greece, my dad was from eventually. Greece, but I was born in Connecticut. That's where my mom is from, oh, and great. they met, and my dad came over here to marry my mom. Oh, they met in Greece? Nice. They met actually on a cruise ship. My dad <gasps> is, uh, he was a, um, a first mate when they met, but he was a cruise ship captain and oil tanker captain uh, later in life. And when they met, this is a stupid story, but they <laughs> said sure. they said they met by accident, and it actually was by accident. My mom slipped and fell down the stairs, <laughs> oh and God, my dad... Yeah, my dad, she was a travel agent. She got a free cruise. And my dad was in charge of, like, making sure no one sued. And he was, like, a really handsome Greek guy. And that was it. They met by accident. Oh, my God. She <laughs> was basically falling into his arms, literally. Totally. Oh, my God. How romantic. <laughs> How old were they when they met? Um, I actually don't know. Like, 20s, maybe my dad, early 30s. Yeah. Oh, incredible. Because you're the first generation, then, for your dad here in yeah. Connecticut in the States. Yep. And the majority, all of my dad's family is uh, is in Greece, except for I have one set of cousins, like three people in Pittsburgh. 
Every, yeah, all my, oh, yes, really? all my dad's family. Yeah. So do you spend a lot of time in Greece or did you as a kid? As a kid, I did. Mm -hmm. We went often. And then the past few years, I haven't gone in a while, mm -hmm. but I'm hoping to go next summer. Mm -hmm. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. wow. Wonderful. Stuff to look to. I was one time, I'm, I'm a little flustered about this, Santorini mm -hmm. is in Greece. Yes. So it's like this island where you're... Um, not supposed to go if your friend just broke up with your boyfriend because it's the most romantic <laughs> island <laughs> ever. Like if you plan a honeymoon, go to Santorini. I mean, it's it's incredible, right? The light, the the buildings, the I've black. I've actually not been there. You've with, not been no, there with the black beach, and I've seen yeah, the pictures. Black beach. I've been to some of the other islands like Mykonos, which kind of reminds me of Miami, like party and mm -hmm. uh, gay and fun, and Idra, which there's no cars allowed. So oh. People like oh, ride on about donkeys that. Yeah. and nice. the food is amazing everywhere. But yeah, Santorini, I'll have to go there. Sometime. I mean, it was it was just incredible, and it's some there's something about the light there. Miami has a very special light too, right? The yes. like the clouds and the sunset, and it's very a soft light. Santorini has a light that is like so poetic in itself. It's really hard to describe. It's just if you see pictures, it's like. It's unique. It's so unique. It's really, really beautiful. But Greece is so such a beautiful country. It is. Well, I'm wondering because like Greece is such a tropical place, right? And I feel like I see that connection with Miami. But growing up in Connecticut, did you always think like I want to live in a tropical place or I would love to go to Greece or how is it that you ended up here? Um, well, here I ended up in Miami like total random because I was a ballet dancer. And so I got a job. This was my first job with Miami City Ballet. So I had, I had never been to Miami. I didn't even come here to audition. I kind of got like scouted out and came here and it was between New York and here. And, um, I got chosen for here. So here I came. Wow. <laughs> when was that? Uh, it was like late nineties. Yeah. The very end of the nineties. And I was like just out of high school and, uh, it was, it was weird, but great. So you were like 18, you moved to Miami by yourself? Yeah. I actually, before that I lived in New York by myself because with ballet, it's kind of like a, it's maybe similar to an athlete where you have to start soon because it ends soon. Mm -hmm. So if you're like 17, 18, you haven't gotten, um, if you haven't gotten a job, you're not going to get a job. Oh, mm -hmm. cool. But you had gotten a job. You lived in New York for a year, you said. Uh, I lived in New York for four years. I went to ballet oh, wow. school there. Nice. So I moved when I was 14. You left home when you were 14? And you lived in a boarding school then? or what? Yeah, the name of the school is School of American Ballet. And mm -hmm. it's like in the same building as Juilliard, which is pretty cool. And I didn't realize it at the time. But to live for free in New York for four years, pretty good. Because then when I went back, I was like, that was how much is free? That was free? So you got like a scholarship? or a yeah. Beautiful. It was awesome. pretty cool. Wow. It was pretty amazing, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to go if we had to afford it. It was probably, yeah. I assume, a very expensive school. Uh-huh. So you had to audition in New York and yeah. for that spot? And, mm -hmm. and that was pretty cool. And you go and there was like a Russian teacher and you're like, what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you know from an early age you wanted to be in the arts? Like you decided that you wanted to be in ballet for seven? Yeah. I, it's so dumb. I was in the Girl Scouts and I saw like a Nutcracker. And I hate saying the story, but that's how I saw it. I, I saw loved the Nutcracker. It. I know, but as a professional, oh, my God, you hate the Nutcracker because you have to do like over literally and thousands over and over of them. again. Yeah. Yeah. 
but uh, I like was desperate to be a ballet dancer. So mm-hmm. from I started when I was ten, which is kind of late, but I was like addicted, like six days a week, like hardcore. Train, train, train. Went out to New York. Yeah. Wow. And so, how was that for you as a young girl, woman, to be in New York, you know, away from your family, by Discipline yourself, and in like a really hard school, I yeah, can imagine? Yeah, the school was like major, especially you come from like a little school, your local school, and maybe you're you're good there, but you know, like uh, big, fish. big fish, small fish, big time. Yeah. So when I went there, it was kind of uh, a slap in the face. <laughs> For, I, that's for, what I imagined. Yeah, I mean, and it like, was it was hardcore. And then they were like, at one point after my first year, they were going to kick me out. <gasps> and I was like, no, you have to give me another chance. I'm going to work so hard. And I was they like, they wanted to kick you out because of the, your dancing or because of the of, school? No, because of my. I was really tight in my hips. I grew like 12 inches in one summer. There's all these stupid stories. I grew like 10 inches in two months. And after that, my body was like all crazy. I was yeah. like uh, tight muscles and long bones so the muscles hadn't caught up so I had like kind of tight hips and that's like a necessity for ballet yeah so I like stretched like incessantly and I was like (gasps) obsessed and they kept me and then I got eventually I got like a lead in the workshop at the end of the year and that's how I got scouted out to come to Miami wow Never get That's off. incredible. Like, like yes. just, just, um, definitely just this, this idea, you know, that you were like so young and you know what you want to do and you do like really everything. You leave your family, you know, you go to this major city by yourself and you're just really for me. So str- that's so much inner strength also, you know, yeah, to kind of like, I think ballet kind of the majority of people are like that in mm-hmm. ballet. Like, I don't think you would stay with it if you weren't already like that because it it's super regimented and perfectionist and people are really negative about themselves and the teachers are negative but it's all to get better it's a yeah it's not like this nurturing loving everybody feel good it's very demanding yeah. very demanding and it, you know if you have like a problem like I had that you have to overcome like some people maybe their bodies I had a nice shape but then I was tight so some people they have the looseness but they don't have a good shape and they're always stressed about that which I can't imagine as a young kid but there were people who came from Japan in my school so they were like really far away for me it was just like three hours so (laughs) it was perfect it was good enough far enough to get away but close enough that I could see them Mm -hmm. if I needed to And then how was your experience when you moved down to Miami? I mean, with like the, well, I guess multiplicity in language, you have that in New York, but like just like the tropicalness. Yeah, and you don't have that type of, like people really spoke Spanish down here, especially like Lincoln Road was just finished and it was, the people did not really speak English and I did not speak <laughs> Spanish and my mom was like, where are you moving to? <laughs> and But it was the most beautiful place on earth. I like couldn't handle it. I was like, oh my God, look at the beach. And I felt really I loved how the mixture of nature and city which New York does not really have other mm-hmm. than the parks I feel like to see the sunset every day and stuff like that it's it's pretty special it, the clouds yeah. totally mm-hmm. all those colors of pinks and the purples and the oranges are quite magical mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah. so you uh, you were dancing for the 
state state ballet, the Miami, Miami ballet. City Ballet, the Miami City Ballet, yeah. which so is still like uh, going yeah. very strong very and has strong. such a good reputation. Yeah, did it already have that strong reputation? It back already then? had a great reputation, but it definitely got stronger as I was mm. with the company. Uh, tours that we had gone on and nice. uh, ballets that we had acquired and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then we started getting reviewed by the New York Times and stuff and then it became like oh what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How, how many years did you dance for? For them, Hawaiian? I was there for 10 or a little for over 10. 10 years? Yeah. When did you decide, I want to try something new? Or maybe I'd like well, to... Well, I was kind of like going through a breakup. <gasps> and that oh, was, was part of the reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was like, I want to be in Miami. I want to be in New York, where all the people are. And then we ended up getting back together. And then it was like a mess. But then we broke up. And then I was in New York. So it was great. <laughs> that is often what happens. I just spoke to a friend of mine yesterday too, and she was, she was decided to stay in Washington after grad school, and then had a breakup, and now she's actually uh, probably moving to Sarasota to uh, to work at Ringling. Sometimes you yeah. you need that, you know, like you have you, you, a relationship ends, and you kind of feel like you need to kind of discover another side of you or have like a little bit of freedom exactly. to kind of explore more options or something exactly. like that, right? Exactly. And I went to another uh, ballet company, like Christopher Wielden. He is um, a big choreographer in the dance world and he started his own company called Morphosis, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. It was like 16 dancers from like around the world and we met in New York and rehearsed and then went to like Amsterdam and performed. And then we had off and mm -hmm. then we'd meet up again. And that was very rare in the dance world where it wasn't like six days a week every day living only that you could have like side things yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but then the company folded and I was like oh and I did a Broadway show a tour and I really I didn't like it at all you told me about that yeah. because I was like oh, she's a Broadway star you know she was like dancing for Broadway and I was like oh my god it must have been so exciting and then she was like no I have, some people love it and I have friends that have been in like Phantom of the Opera for years but you're literally doing like the exact same thing not kind of the exact same thing like people go to an office shop and they go oh I do the same thing every day no you're literally doing the same thing every day like at 9 13 you pass the same person backstage because it's all super regimented that you have to be yeah choreographed even the backstage like you have to put on the left pant leg first if it's a quick change like I had a crazy quick change it was like 35 seconds and then I had to go out as a ballerina alone they had to change a wig and the first time we did in the dress rehearsal the wig came flying off onto the ground the first turn I did and I was like oh hell this is gonna be <laughs> different because then you're you're stressed about other things yeah. than just your dancing whereas yeah. in ballet it was obviously just that but mm -hmm. it became all these other things and then like I said the repetition of the same thing yeah so then I started fashion that was when you yeah that was you when you side projects I'm like ooh but where are these side projects yeah oh okay. fashion always so mm -hmm. making uh, clothes for myself for like galas or weddings or something mm -hmm. or for friends mm -hmm. um, and then at a certain point you're like wait this is I wanted to know how to make jackets especially tailoring and that is not something you could really like wing or figure out or at least I couldn't and like to have the inside of your piece not look like Frankenstein, like how to do it properly and stuff. So then I realized in order to take some of those classes, I had already taken night classes when I was dancing mm -hmm. in New York and then at FIT. And then in order to take some of those classes, you had to join full time. And so I was like, oh, just 
Just delve in. Yeah. So when did you officially start, um, I guess, delving into? Yeah, uh, 2014 when I got back from tour. Yeah. So So that's still very new. Yes. This whole like career change has happened like only a couple of years ago. Yeah. And Uh so it's kind of like how I was with ballet, like all or nothing. So it's kind of like all I do Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. Yeah, and you have a studio also in the bakehouse downstairs. The it's studio number is nineteen. Nineteen. So really please, nice. our listeners, if you want to check out uh, Andrea's clothes, come you by. Yeah. And um, you moved to Miami after the school again, right? Yeah, I moved back. Um, mm-hmm. I got married, and mm-hmm. my husband was like, "Wait, why don't we live in Miami?" Because I had brought him down here, and he was like, "It's." pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, I, it was contingent on one thing. If I could find a studio space, uh, for cheap, cause I had no idea how much anything cost. And I tried one other place. Uh, I applied for this online, but didn't think that I would get it because the discipline, it's not really art, uh, as far as like fine art. So mm-hmm. it's more obviously more design. So I just like sent in my stuff. But as I was waiting, um, I looked at some places here and one place was like so crazy expensive. I was like, I'm not going to be able <laughs> to, to afford, afford that. it. And yeah. then I was like, so grateful to get this place and the mm-hmm. price and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do see the similarities between, um, I would say fashion design and fine arts. And like, I mean, you have your elements of art, principles of design, there's all, you know, shape, form, line. All these things that kind of sort of they're fluid between one and the other. Yeah, yeah right. Mm-hmm. Unbalanced patterns, mm-hmm. repetition. Definitely yeah. all of those things yeah. we learn about. And I remember, like, uh, I'm probably not supposed to say that because I was in that show, but my favorite show at the Bakehouse still that during my time was a show that Mindy Solomon uh, curated. Uh, that's a show called Recently Acquired for our listeners. Um, that's um, a, a Bakehouse. Oh, uh, kind of, how do you say that? Really like a standard, or yeah. like a, um, a, initiation. Yeah, that, a new, the new artists at the bakehouse can, uh, can show their work in a, in a group exhibition. Like, from, stay longer than a year. Like, from one, from one year. Elisa, poor Elisa never got to be in a show because she left too soon, right? It's okay. <laughs> Maybe you come back at some point. But, uh, so Mindy curated this, this really great show with like 10 artists or there were quite a bit of artists. I think it was 10 and it was, it seems like pretty random, but it pulled and, together. And it just, she pulled it together and she put, uh, this, this piece in, um, it was on a mannequin, right? And it was like this, this, uh, top and, um, and, I don't know. Was it like a, it's like a skirt or a top and skirt? They're like a layered, top, so multiple like layered dress, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah. That was something I made right after school before moving back to uh, Miami. And I won this like competition at school. Oh, I wanted to mention that I saw it on your website. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I won this like a uh, YMA fashion scholarship and you get five grand, but it has to be applied towards like education. I was leaving. And so, um, I got into this thing that it's called the um, arts of fashion and it go, it happens twice a year in Paris and it was pretty pretty exceptional because I didn't know what I was getting into and um, they taught in English but it, it you had to be um, you had to incorporate some of the haute couture techniques so one of the deals was that you had to have fabric pleated by this Maison Lognon and they're this they're like this old salon that still does the pleats like they do everybody's 
crazy pleats and um, they did ours for a charge. Nice. <laughs> I have to charge, but then you had to create something with these pleated pieces that you commissioned. And it was uh, pretty amazing. That was the piece that was in the recently acquired. It was, it, it, it's just incredible. The texture of, of that, especially the top, I remember. Did you use this? Is that the piece that Elisa used for the, yes, for Whoa. the, yeah. Yes, so exactly. our listeners also know how it looks. It's our previous, it's, but, but the shape is just incredible. That I they picked put it into specifically. This. I love that shape. I saw the square pleat and it was the only one like it. It's all cubes. Yes. And if you look at the underneath side, I still have some extra fabric. If you look at the underneath side, it's all points. So it could have been used either way, but I just love it. It's, yeah. The, so the geometric, cubes, yeah. 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 Sculptural. Definitely and sculptural. I mean, I don't know if it's the language or my uh, not existent knowledge in fashion. Pleats means that you iron something, right? Or it's folded in some way. It's, so okay. the way they do it, it was pretty incredible. They have this small studio that I guess they've been there for forever in the center of Paris and they're young people 20s 30s and you can look them up on YouTube they still they are the same people that I saw working there and they have all these um, folded paper I don't know uh, two-ply papers if I wish I could come up with a better term for examples they're yeah they're folded they're the mold oh. that they use to make the pleat so one is incrementally smaller than the other and it fits inside so they stretch one out and then they put your fabric on top and they stretch the smaller one out and they put these i mean big heavy iron weights on it and close it up and fold the fabric up and then wrap it and they bake it in an oven. They bake the fabric? Yeah, they have like a room that's an oven. They just shut the door and <laughs> turn it up and take it out. And they put some chemicals on it or some kind so. of like, no. no, they just heat it up and that's just stays like that. Yeah. Which is kind of like, this is what you do with ironing, right? Exactly. So it's kind of like this idea of, of heat that... Uh, so it's yeah. like the fabric is green and you have to like mm-hmm. cook it to make it that Yeah, shape. and Incredible. if there's any type of... Um, if it's a pure fabric like wool or silk, it, the, the pleats will come undone if you dry clean them. Mm-hmm. But so that's why they ask if you have a slight bit of polyester or Lurex, which is what I had that had a metallic shine to it, mm-hmm. it'll stay forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's that little bit of plastic mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Materials, you see the importance of selection. So and and, and yeah. that was like incredible to know right. how they, how they had to do it, you know, and to uh, like the effort that goes into just making the fabric, you know, just making the starting point exactly. and then from what you can play of. Exactly. How was that experience? in Paris. It was like amazing this. and it actually was great to do right out of school because uh, FIT is a little bit regimented like it's so technical but as far as like creativity you are allowed creativity but it's like at the end and you've got so many other words in your head no you shouldn't do that or someone won't buy that or uh, uh, uh. and then to go to Paris and it was really about the art of it and mm-hmm. what you can do to the body and for me it opened my whole world up to textile and I feel like that for for fashion uh, Mm -hmm. anyone who's listening that's interested in fashion I think that textile is really the way of the future Mm -hmm. because anyone can copy a shape like if I'm really vague on my website I haven't put like many pictures up Mm -hmm. on purpose because until I launch I don't want someone to appropriate my stuff so um, that you're not able to copyright really Mm -hmm. because it's a it's not a design feature, but textile you are, and it's a great way of being super creative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear them, I guess, going more towards the commercial aspect, but there are certain companies that make um, certain fashionable um, items more affordable by copying 
more higher end and then people get into lawsuits, et cetera. So you do see that, um, I guess, arise. It's a rough field that you're in. And it can water down a higher brand. It could Mm. actually uh, cost the higher brand money if there's like a cheaper lookalike version out there. It's Mm. never going to be exactly the same, Mm -hmm. but the fact that it dilutes the brand is enough to mm-hmm. make you not want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And so something else I wanted to ask, um, I'm like, I, I, as I said, I'm not a uh, fashion experienced as much as I would like to be, but I know that obviously like you have museums, like the Metropolitan Museum of Art, um, doing annual showcases of the history of fashion and fab fibers and designers. And so to me, did you ever get to go to those shows when yes. you were at FIT? Uh, yeah. And I go every year, like okay, I'm going to go this year to see the new, um, Come to Garçon. Come to Garçon. Yeah. yeah. She's pretty amazing. I, I go every year whenever the Met has a costume institute new opening it's it's pretty amazing and actually fit has a really great museum it's one of the best um like fashion and costume i guess it's like the costume institute museum and they have i I took a class in history there and it was amazing to see like fashion history to be able to touch these like old garments from the 1800s and see how they're Mm -hmm. constructed on the inside and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. yes i always go yeah because i feel it bridges that it bridges the fine arts with the fashion design because i do feel that they are correlated like they do have um a relationship that you can't just say oh one's not related to the other it's like you graduate with a bfa in fashion i'm like well, well, there <laughs> yeah, there are, there are more and more museums. I feel like fashion gets more and more uh, included also in, in museum shows. I know the NSU Museum had yes. uh, had uh, fashion. Um, do you call them fashion costumes on on view or fashion um, like clothes? Yeah, or? I guess you would say or fashions or I guess yeah. You could and also the, the well. Young Museum in San Francisco had a very very big show, but I don't remember. I'm not sure which that one is. The, I gotta look it was up. it was a very very one of the most prominent guy fashion designer, but I don't remember the name anymore. Was it Alexander McQueen? No, no, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. it was an Italian. I was so sad in this show. That was amazing. Like amazing. The, the San Francisco show was also. But I also <laughs> have to say, in uh, when I saw the show in San Francisco uh, with the technical aspects that they're getting better and better. They had like almost kind of robotic features where they had like a, a video screen on the, on these oh, faces. It was Gautier? Was it Gautier? Gautier. Yeah. That he had the faces and it yeah. and It looked like the under, mannequins were Under talking. a fabric and then they had this, the video projection on the face. Yes. And it was just curated also so well, you know, and I think it really bridged more, um, this uh this gap that a lot of people still see between fashion and fine arts right definitely how is your experience with that especially here you're you know in a yeah i feel a little funny surrounded by fine artists you know? <laughs> but i think that there's a difference between like fashion and clothing yeah like clothing I that's yeah that. i feel mm-hmm. like you're definitely like fi- fa- fashion fine arts like you're more towards that end i love like sculptural pieces so for yeah. me i think um i i was always like maybe a little worried when i first came like oh am i gonna get kicked out because i'm I'm doing, I'm the only one doing anything like what of the type, but, um, you know, everyone said, no, it's so it's sculptural or it's it's visual. So, um, I, I love it. I think that it's interesting being here, being around so many like painters and sculptors and, it's great to be influenced by uh, things like that. And I actually don't look at any fashion stuff right now. I mm. like do not look at it online or I try not to look in print because you have no idea how simple, like what an easy way you can get um, mm. 
starting, how would I say it? Like the, like you get influenced by it yes, or you, without yeah. even knowing it. You're yeah. Like, oh, I like that collar. And what if you did this? And then before you know it, you're working on that. And yeah. Like, oh wait. Yeah. That's not yeah. me. Yeah. Who are you inspired by? Who are, who are the artists you, that you are looking up to or that you're I'm really, interested in? Yeah. I'm really interested. I try to get inspired by artists like painters, mm -hmm. especially anyone who's like very, uh, textural mm -hmm. in their painting. I love mm -hmm. when the, I can see the brush strokes or I could see it coming mm -hmm. off the, the work and the, the layers of paint. I love that. I'm planning on doing my next collection loosely based off this um artist brian rutenberg he's like in he's in the states i think maybe north carolina and i saw one of his pieces during art basel and it was like this giant piece that i just wanted to swim in you know you ever see a wow. painting that you just want to dive into and it's like, touching you're not supposed to yes exactly <laughs> my nose was so close i'm like they're gonna yell at me but um i thought oh if i had 30 grand i would definitely buy this painting but if i had 30 grand a lot of things would be better. <laughs> so um yeah I like to be inspired by that and also nature and any type of like a textile artist. Um, Sheila Hicks is someone she's mm -hmm. done like huge, massive installations with mm -hmm. fiber and yarn and stuff like that. I love seeing how that could be put into fashion design mm -hmm. or textile design. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I have Louise Bourgeois in my mind. Totally. Did she work with textile a lot too? I don't or, know. I or is it just like the sculptural? Somehow you remind, you know, you, you bring that up for me also her work in a way. There's more maybe the sculptural elements yeah. or the textural or and the fluidity. sensual. Yeah. There is something very kin kinetic or sensual um, about her work also that reminds Definitely, me of I love her work and I have a bunch of it saved in a little folder for inspiration on mm -hmm. my desktop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny like what can inspire you. You don't really, mm -hmm. you don't really know. It's not always the same thing, but I try not to be inspired or influenced by fashion designers. Mm -hmm. So you you um, talked about you working on your first collection, right? Yeah. And your uh, your name actually as a f uh, the, the fashion line is Spiridonaku. Yeah, it's like the female version. Like in Greece, if I was living there, that mm -hmm. would be how my last name would mm -hmm. be say, said. Mm -hmm. So it's like a way rather than just putting my name. Yeah. At least yeah. seems a little different to mm -hmm. me. And then That's why I used it. Mm -hmm. And so when is your first collection gonna come out or how is, I know. how is that, uh, how is that, you know, how do works. you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely currently in the works and I'm hoping to show like my first, it's going to be a capsule collection. So I think it's going to be like 10 looks, maybe 18 pieces, mm -hmm. um, to, to different, uh, buyers, hopefully like at the end of the summer, early September. Mm -hmm. So the way it works, it's like you show it then for it to be sold in February. So mm -hmm. if they order anything, then I make copies, you know, mm -hmm. pieces of that. But one of the things that I hope it doesn't hold me back for me, I think it's like a cool idea, but we'll see what they think is that all most of the pieces, if not all are numbered in a way, kind of like um, a photographer's limited edition prints or something like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm number five, you get a jacket that's number five of 15 and mm -hmm. then you know that's that's it for that. Mm -hmm. The closed edition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that way, like if most pieces have like a hand element to them, if they're embroidered or something like that felted, for instance, mm -hmm. I want to do a collection all with felt, they'll never, two won't exactly be the Identical. same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and therefore the numbering I think could be kind of a cool aspect. Mm -hmm. 
Is is the plan also that you're gonna do like a runway show or something like that, or is that eventually is... that would? It's definitely on my radar. I just mm -hmm. think that you have to have like, it's you have to have more than probably maybe more than ten pieces, or you have to have more money <laughs> to put that together, yeah, right? I mean, I mean it's, it's like incredibly you have to expensive do it where to someone's do gonna see it, and so like. It would probably be New York or something like that, but then you have to have the PR for people to, to show up. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. So we'll see. Right now, I'm like trying to start organically and see how it oh grows God. that mm -hmm. way. But that is something, um, and also like a performance aspect. Right? Yeah, because of yeah. My dance background. It would be cool to it's people dancing in your outfits for sure. Yeah, yeah, even if it wasn't necessarily ballet, actually, probably not. But some type of yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh -huh. I got to see this pretty cool. Um, runway show with it was for Givenchy and it was on September 11th and it was a couple of years ago in New York and it was with Marina uh, Marina Bramovich yeah and it was pretty amazing to be there as the sun was setting and they had yeah mm -hmm. the synergy of all of did it did you see that as well no, you, I um, but I heard of it mm -hmm. yeah it was pretty um, it was a great way to just like transform the clothes like what was mm -hmm. going on on the sides and mm -hmm. people pouring water on themselves and whatever the inspiration was for wow. them but it, it definitely added to the runway aspect and I feel like the, the runway shows are such performative actions also like it is performance art right especially Definitely. now that I mean they they are just thinking so far out of the box now with runway shows right like the way that they walk through the audience or the way that I remember in the film was it was it Dior, the Dior and I, the yeah, the, no, the young, the young fashion designer that took over. Did he take over Dior? Yes, and he's already left. And he's already <laughs> left, but he put this show together where they, yes. they they had like I don't know how many thousands and thousands of flowers like everywhere, you know. And it was like it was such a performance piece as well. It's not just a run definitely run show. Anymore, definitely, there's know? definitely like, scenery. There's a whole. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is like putting on a. 10 minute play mm -hmm. basically with yeah. many hours of work you yeah. know in the design aspect and then it's yeah. over just like that is there like when we when we think about i think about your collection uh, as as i probably would think about a solo exhibition or yeah. something like that definitely like yeah. pieces they have to be cohesive exactly matchy, but they have yeah. to somehow have a conversation or some type of is there like an an overarching theme to the collection? Is there like yeah? Is yeah, there something the, that the theme I guess know? would be definitely for me. I don't know if it's like obvious to other people. We'll see when all the pieces are finished mm -hmm. and put together. Um, but how to mix like smooth smoothness and then have it ruptured in some way so some of the pieces would be like smooth tailored coats that have like rips through them and there's like many layers underneath mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. a piece that has like pieces coming out to make it sculptural in mm -hmm. some way um, we'll see if that if that translates a lot of people do things that are less conceptual and maybe more obvious like this was about you know Native American peoples or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can see it maybe more obvious. It could be more literal, but mm -hmm. I think my stuff is a little bit maybe more abstracted. Yes. I feel mm -hmm. like you're interested in the material and that's why that's another reason I'm like, can we invite her? Um, because I do think that you think as an artist, as a, not a clothing maker, but as yeah. a fashion design artist, mm -hmm. like that's how you visualize things. Like I could picture your runway show. If you do have a runway show not being, oh, they're just people wearing clothes, but they're people that are showing these sculptural artworks pieces, yeah. pieces going down a certain mm -hmm. space like they're showing the art itself and not necessarily just like oh it's people in clothes definitely yeah, I there's a difference definitely mm -hmm. i 
I see like the sculptural aspect in fabric and that's when you said material choice is so important. Oh my God. It's literally everything. If you're trying to do something sculptural, like mm -hmm. certain fabrics won't do what you want them to do, no matter how hard you try regardless. So like art. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, Hmm, maybe it's the material mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe or it's me. me. <laughs> No, but I mean, yeah. we be, I think we should definitely talk about what Andrea is wearing today. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially the top that is like a, a gray, shiny fabric that Andrea, I'm sure, is going to tell us what it is. But it comes out on one side. It's not the, it's like the hard side, but the other side comes, comes out Volumous, like, like a wave. Yeah, like a, like a wave. wave. And then it goes inwards and then it crashes downwards. So I'm, you'll see it on Polaroid, but just to, like, oh, yeah, to that's true. How would you, words. how would you describe this piece? I, um, um, I guess I would say I would, I call it a tunic, but it's like asymmetrical and mm -hmm. this in the front would be called a cowl, but it looks super strange. Cowls don't usually look like this. They usually fall and are like against the body, oh, yeah. but because of the fabric, it gives it this like crazy shape. Mm -hmm. So that's why. And what fabric it. is it? Um, it is a silk with like a lurex metallic woven on top of it. That makes so. it stick out because exactly. of the metallic. Um... And it also makes it insanely difficult to sew. Yeah. <laughs> Because it doesn't want to fold a certain direction, yeah. so that's one thing. I have you to love the challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see it. Mm -hmm. okay. mm -hmm. um, in terms of, um, I would call it process and imagining what your collection is going to look like. Um, how do you start? Where's the beginning? Where is it that you get that first vision of like this is what I want to do for my next collection? Because like you mentioned it, we're excited to see it. But how is it that you're artistic visual process um, commences. Yeah, every, everyone works probably kind of differently, but there's probably certain things that all fashion designers do at some point, like whatever, whenever the inspiration strikes. For me, sometimes it's in the car or especially after I've seen some artwork or like at a quiet time when your brain is just kind of like in a beta state or whatever, um, it'll, if it pops into my mind, you write it down. And then the task is to either sort through a bunch of mood images that like that came from and then to just spend hours quietly um, designing. Mm -hmm. So you take like a piece that you drew, even if you totally hate it, sometimes you're like, Oh God, this is so ugly. And you're still drawing it. And then take one thing that you like from it, draw the next thing. And then one thing maybe you like from that one and try to see how they go. And I mean, at school, sometimes they, you'd have to have 60 drawings just to get down to five or something mm -hmm. like that. And so there's it, that technical training aspect. That's quite formal. It's and formal, it's but the drawings don't have to be great. They could just be like a small thumbnail, mm -hmm. a, a sketch, a really quick sketch. The quicker, the better. And on cheap paper, so you don't have to worry about, oh my God, this paper is so mm -hmm. precious, you know, like copy paper or something mm -hmm. where you can just go over and over. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the only way to whittle down the good ideas from the so mediocre. So drawing is a really es essential part of your practice. Yeah, un unfortunately, uh, <laughs> I would say. I was like, I was well, I like thinking about it. Because like you started it basically flat two-dimensional space and you have to make it 3D and then there's nothing harder than that. And that's such a challenge. So yeah. Can go from one to the other. And sometimes you could draw something that literally isn't possible. So like, how are you going to get into it? You only have like one neck and two arms and two legs and no matter what, they're not going anywhere. So you have to find a way to close the piece or get into it, you know, mm -hmm. um, cover all the bits, you mm -hmm. know? And so that's why to see some really ingenious pattern makers, it's, it's pretty cool to see. There was an exhibit at um, the Met 
two years ago, maybe three, and it was Charles James, and he he was in the 50s. People maybe didn't really know about him too much. All these structured dresses, but the great thing about it is they showed on these like um, these little computer screens in front of all the dresses. They had like they showed how it would have opened up and they were like, not holograms, I guess they were just like uh, digitally, yeah, 3D renderings and it must have taken someone a hell of a lot of time to do that. But it was amazing to see, oh, that's how she got into that. You know, he has this famous uh, figure eight set of pants and like your leg, the way, if you Google it, you'll see it and you're like, but it doesn't work. How do you cover her butt on that side? There's a hole in the leg that you don't see on one side and it's the way she, you wouldn't have seen it until, unless they showed you that, you know, so it's pretty cool. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So things like that help. Mm -hmm. When you experience those type of um, presentations, like you said, at the Met or at these other um, fashion institutes, do you picture yourself not just having a runway show, but potentially maybe in a gallery space exhibiting your artwork alongside other types of media? Yes, definitely. And I think along the other types of media is what's uh, really interesting and maybe a little daunting too. Like, oh, how does it stand up towards it, or how how does it look next to it? Do they work mm-hmm. uh, on its own? I think that like I could definitely picture that. But then when you imagine how would it go with other types of art, mm-hmm. and then um, it's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention also uh, Mindy Solomon again, who was really fascinated by your silk paintings. Yeah. And I actually wanted to exhibit them and it was like, uh, it was, it was becoming a pair of pants. It was becoming a pair of pants, really. Yeah. So, so you have like this gallery owner really that is really into your silk painting and then, you know, you cut it up and you I was make like, pants I'm really sorry. I can't use this because it's going to a client like this week and it's going to be a pair of pants. What? I just thought it was like amazing, you know, that that, 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 that happened. It was really cool. It was really, really cool. From art to function. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty cool. I had a client that I worked with last year. She was from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, uh, she, she was pretty cool. She was super eccentric and wanted very creative. And she was on the board of the SF MoMA and all these oh, places and wanted to wear something that no one else had. And luckily a friend set her up with me and she bought some pieces and that those pants and a top I made were for a party, a private party that she had in Calistoga. And it was pretty cool because it got photographed and she looked great. And lovely. wow. Did yeah. they mention the designer? Yeah. Yeah, and I got mentioned uh, for the opening of the SF MoMA too because she wore this crazy dress. I don't know if you've seen that. White. Are you serious? Yeah. Where can we find those clippings? That would be great. Yeah, I see. have them. I have them. You saved have them. Right. Okay. Yeah, put those in your too. publishing section. Of yeah, yeah. Put the, yeah. Publishing. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was uh, grateful for those opportunities. Wow, yeah. that's exciting. Plus, she wasn't. She was like a special client where she wanted anything basically. Most you know designers, you start off, you have to make business casual or something mm-hmm. super boring so mm-hmm. the sky was the limit so which was fun which is why i think it makes you more of an artist like you said i make unique pieces and this was quite you know original and just for this one client like i feel like that's where the line is drawn for you i mean you could go back and forth if you wanted to but i feel that you have more of the liberty to be exactly. creative and be imaginative and what what did she say to you you know that that is kind of like how this commission works because I know that I mean painters get I know, you know commissions and, and, and I mean oh, she has I dimensions she has like I a, have a body right you yeah know? and her only specification was that she wanted things with sleeves so yes. anything that I 
I literally was just out of school, so I showed her. I didn't know what to show her, and I was like, okay, there's this really great woman, this opportunity, and so I just brought like all these crazy pieces that I had and my um, my portfolio for school, like for art class, that had like these creations that I wasn't even sure they could be made. Basically, you know, and she was like, oh, that I love that, or something like that, and, and then I was like, oh, damn, now I gotta. Make it. <laughs> Now I got to figure it oh, out. Oh, you didn't even make it for school. You just designed some it. Some of them, they were just drawings. Mm -hmm. And then I just sent her. She was like, okay, come up with some stuff. And I sent her, I think, five drawings. And she picked four of them. There were six drawings. And she picked five. And that was what it was. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And they can't. now thinking about it, they can't be replicated. Because if I even tried to make that fabric again, the one that you said from Mindy Solomon, I never scanned it or anything, which thinking about it now, that would have been a good idea just to have it if I ever wanted yeah. to digitally reproduce it or manipulate it in some way. That was a painting. I mean, that was, that was a unique painting. Yeah. You can't do that it's again. You know, it's gone. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, not gone, but not gone. In, it depends. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, morphed. Morphed. it's like, yeah, it was, it was just so cool. And it was that, that you, you, did you fly over to San Francisco to meet her or was she here? She or? was here for Art Basel. Her oh, and her husband okay. are a huge uh, modern art collectors. Oh, cool. oh, so yeah. And then a friend of mine knew her, actually a friend that I used to dance with here in my Miami. Mm -hmm. She actually um, is now a Pilates teacher in San Francisco and works with this woman and said, showed her my Instagram account or something totally ridiculous. And she was like, oh, I love your work. We should meet up sometime. I'm like, oh, if you're going to be there for Art Basel, come on over. And that's how it all happens. So, Incredible how yeah. that works sometimes. Yeah, right? it was that, pretty amazing. Yeah. It was able uh, to afford me to you know, exist mm -hmm. my first year, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at least my studio and materials. Mm -hmm. Food, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, we're all kind of emerging artists here, right? Starting and trying to yeah, wiggle our way through. Yeah, but you can see through. how it'll work out, you mm -hmm. know? Like, yeah. That could make it, make it happen, yeah. right? If you get a couple of those commissions or if, if people are interested in your, your new collection, you then that's, know. that makes it possible. Exactly. Right, I had a good friend that said, there's no such thing as luck. It's when opportunity and hard work cross paths. Yeah. And it's true. It's like if you give up or if you stop working and then the opportunity comes and goes, you know, yeah. you gotta, prepared. Yeah. yeah. You don't know where they'll meet up. Maybe it's way down the road or maybe yeah. it's closer, but yeah, you know. I wanted to ask you again about, about the bakehouse and opportunities. We had, we had a couple of artists already come, come in, uh, who are at the bakehouse right now and said, and also one Ernesto Kunde who already left, but said he had, um, several opportunities, you know, or learned a lot of stuff through the bakehouse or got contacts or, how is that for you? Um, you know, because you're, you're definitely like one of a kind here, you know, and we're all uh, one of a we're kind. All one of a kind. That's true. But in your no, medium, I, I know, you know in your medium. Um, well, I, interesting that you say that. Like today, I actually had a meeting. It looks like I'm going to have a joint exhibition in the smaller space here Ooh, at congratulations. the, yeah, at the Swenson Gallery in like November. Oh, that's oh wow. With, that's amazing. Yeah. That's with really another cool. fashion designer. She's young and she's based out of, uh, Doha. And, um, I have no idea how our pieces are going to match. Do you know her together. name? Yes, yeah, Sadia Ka Khabib, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure of her last name, cool. but Sadia. And uh, Bibi knows, has worked with her in the mm -hmm. past when she was over there. Mm -hmm. And um, so it'll be interesting to see how the, the pieces were, are going to merge. But I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see any of each other's work until As, yeah, then, uh -huh. and that the curator is the oh, one definitely. who mm -hmm. organizes it all mm -hmm. and steers us, you know, without mm -hmm. 
telling mm-hmm. us too. Oh, I'm after that opening, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So November, until... yeah, November until January. So it's oh, pretty cool. It'll It'll be be that's the Basel show. Well, it's like in the smaller. Yeah, gallery, but still, but yeah, it's the Basel show. So far, that's wow. a tentative yeah. that's dates, but it'll be that'll be a great opportunity for me. Just to be able to, what I'm hoping to do, we'll see how many pieces they want or can fit in the space or whatever. But it's a pretty decent size space. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, it's I think a great opportunity. But I'm interested in um, making something for the fall collection of 2018. So that's where that Brian Rutenberg has come in, and I want to just do all these series of crazy felted pieces, and then see. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But transparencies mm-hmm. with silk and felt and string in between. We'll see. I know that sounds crazy. No, it sounds wow. exciting. <laughs> but um, if if the pieces are finished or if I think it's like worth it, I might try to enter. In, there's this competition in France called Ieres, and they also have a photography exhibit. It's like mm-hmm. a fashion photography competition, and it's probably hard for any American to like bridge into that world over mm-hmm. there in France. But it would be cool just to um, you have to send one piece into them. So I'll already be working on the pieces, and it would be cool just mm-hmm. to uh, force me mm-hmm. to do all that kind of that's work. Great. So, you know, yeah, because that's kind of like what 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 uh, what in our world would be like to apply for an exhibition or something exactly. like that. You know, so that's yeah, for you. I imagine it's much harder to find those opportunities, right? right? Yeah, because and you'd be surprised there's many more when you're a student and the second you're out of school they dry up so you there's a lot of opportunities for scholarships for Mm -hmm. um, competitions like this or exhibitions Mm -hmm. but you have no time Mm -hmm. and then once you have the time the opportunities kind Mm -hmm. of dry up so this would be for someone who's like in their first first year Mm -hmm. so I think it's something and especially if I'm doing something where I could go out of the box and I don't have to worry like it'll be cool to be able to exhibit and not think hmm, would someone like to buy this or mm-hmm. would someone like to show this in their store mm-hmm. would it fit next to the other offerings that they have mm-hmm. so it'll be kind of fun for me mm-hmm. would you ever consider working for another label i i, I would i definitely would um which one of course that's oh, the gee. next question sorry no, i know that hurts no there's so many different it. there's so many different uh reasons um but i guess i would say um Del Pozo, there's this designer. They're based in Spain, though. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Madrid. I would move to Madrid. I, it's and a beautiful. Oh, my God. I and love Madrid. And he's an amazing, amazing designer. Um, he was an architect before, and mm-hmm. the pieces are just really whimsical mm-hmm. and oh, fun. People mm-hmm. that are out of their field studying mm-hmm. something else and then just the so way interesting you envision how that happens. completely different. Mm-hmm. Which team makes sense. You were a ballerina mm-hmm. and then fluid movement and that's mm-hmm. what I feel in your artwork. Like Thank this you. Movement. It's all about movement yeah, in your work as well. It's yeah. not still, it's so not interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's completely mm-hmm. dynamic. Thank you. That's a huge compliment. I don't know how it happened, but we are already at the end of our interview. It's like, yeah, I know. I just, time just flew by. Well, let let me retrace one, one thing that stood out to me that you said, you're like, whether it sells or whether it's in a store, like that's not what you're concerned about. And that to me makes you an artist because I feel like if you are, um, well, not that you should care whether you sell or not as an artist, but that's not your main focus. Your main focus is create what you envision. And that's Mm -hmm. so key. I feel Yeah. And you'll yeah. find the client if you, yeah, exactly. you know, you gotta be doing what you love or else there's something missing from the work. It becomes mechanical yeah. and there's nothing mechanic about your work. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's true. More mechanic, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, continue, Maria. All right. So we have come to our final question, so which, which is, um, you've been sitting in a magical rocking chair yes. and what would be the three wishes that you 
would like to have come true <laughs> for my career just like for in general. you in general, in general you as a person mm. you as a fashion anything. designer you as a human being as jenna would say yes. <laughs> um let's see oh my gosh that's tough <laughs> i guess i would say uh happiness mm -hmm. whatever i know that comes from, will generate that mm -hmm. um health mm -hmm. and love wish you both health and those are great wishes you know what that reminds me of there She was this author, this author um liebe glaube hoffnung love faith and hope i can't say who that. was that liebe glaube hoffnung i can't say that i was i, I, I that I'll reminded remember, me of we'll that. remember we will yes, have yes. to hoffman i'm not sure i have one of our listeners is gonna know but um Thank you Andrea. for being our 11th invitee. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And you're a first fashion designer. You're a, we, we have another fashion designer coming up. Coming up. But you're a first one. We are one. very excited very about, but you are our first one. And Thank you. It was very special to talk to you uh, about your work. Locally based here, here in Miami, Florida. Yeah. We love that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And thanks Maybe again to our listeners. Um, thanks so, so much for uh, checking us out again. And we'll be back next week with uh, our 12th session. Our 12th sessions and artist lauren uh, shapiro yes ceramicist artist. and if you're interested in che checking out andrea's work um link onto our website you could click um her website from our site yeah, yeah. all righty bye guys bye, everybody. Bye. Have a good night. bye.